You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Royals podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Stiles. So that's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. So on today's show, we're going to talk about the offseason, and we're going to wrap up the actual game of the World Series, which we didn't get to yesterday because of the fact that baseball can't manage anything right. So... Let's start with the actual game of the World Series because it was a fun one. I mean, the Rays lost 3-1. to one. Uh, There was a lot of interesting storylines. You had Mookie Betts. I mean, you had it all. You had, you had the Dodgers bullpitting their way to a World Series with with uh, Urias being incredible for two and a third innings. I mean, he was awesome to close out that game, and he got himself the save and, and won a World Series. I mean, good for him. And the Rays, though, of course, their big story was Blake Snell. And the fact that Blake Snell only went five and a third of two hit baseball was charged with the run, but of course that, that that rule is so stupid. But still, gives up two hits, charged with a run after he's exited the game, and you're seeing a lot of people right now bash analytics. And it's okay if you want to bash analytics, but I would I would tell you. There has been a lot of times in where the traditional mindset has also failed. So let's not take the one time that analytics has been used on the grand stage and say that it can never work. Remember Buck Showalter leaving Zach Britton in the bullpen for the Orioles whenever the Jays beat him in the wild card game? Remember that? That is traditional mindset waiting to deploy him until you have the lead and it costs you the whole game. We have seen the traditional mindset fail time and time again. So don't throw out analytics right now because Kevin Cash didn't even use it right. So Kevin Cash, who is supposed to be this forward thinker, supposed to be this innovator. I think of Kevin Cash the way I think of Sean McVay. Sean McVay supposed to be this forward thinker, supposed to be this innovator, supposed to be this this new age mind. And yet you see him punting in enemy territory, you see him taking field goals. I mean, you see him, you see him doing things that are not representative of forward thinking in the NFL. Kevin Cash tries to overmanage, but he does it all the wrong ways. So let's just break down this move right here. The traditionalists are going to say, look, you have a guy going five innings of two-hit baseball. You can't pull him. I would say... Kevin Cash has watched Blake Snell for his career and has seen Blake Snell time and time again. Remember what I said about the race earlier this this postseason. I said Blake Snell has some Danny Duffy in him. You never know what you're going to get with Blake Snell. Outside of that incredible Cy Young season, he's been an up-and-down guy. He's been a head case. He'll let one little thing unravel him. Kevin Cash knows that as well. So the decision to pull him after a weak contact hit that, you know, 
he could probably have gotten out of, but you just don't know his mindset at that point anymore in a one-run game where you have not shown the ability to score runs. So you might not get another run, and in fact, you didn't get another run the rest of the game. The decision to pull him there, it goes against what the traditionalists believe, but you're actually not only using analytics, you're using gut as well, because your gut tells you this is a spot here where Blake Snell typically unravels. We're about to go to the third time through the order. He just gave up a weak contact hit. He's a bit of a head case. He'll unravel. And before you know it, they've blown the game. I would have kept Blake Snell in the game. However, if my chart or whatever you look at for Kevin Cash tells you to pull out Blake Snell there, I, I'm fine with that. The simple act of pulling out Blake Snell is not the problem to me. I would have kept him in, but the simple act of pulling him is not a problem to me because of the fact that I know who Blake Snell is. I just do. I mean, Matheny did the same thing to Danny Duffy earlier this year because he knew that Danny Duffy was going to unravel after a couple weak hits in Cleveland. So I, I don't blame Kevin Cash for the act of taking out Blake Snell. What I do blame Kevin Cash for is putting in Nick Anderson, who has been atrocious. I don't give a damn what he's done before this. I don't give a damn that he was the best reliever in baseball a year ago. I don't give a damn about any of that. What have you done this postseason? Because that's what matters. Your, your history be damned. What matters is what you've done this last month. That's the sample size we're now working with. And for the last six games entering that contest, he had given up a run. This is a one-run baseball game. So if that trend continues, it's at best a tied ball game. That trend did continue. He gives up a couple runs. You fall behind, you never regain the lead, you lose the game right there. And to me, the indictment is not on analytics. The indictment is on Kevin Cash. Because if you pull Blake Snell in that spot, you cannot go to the guy who gave up six freaking runs straight consecutively in six postseason appearances. You can't do that part. You got to go to Castillo. You got to go to even Fairbanks. You've got to go to somebody better than Nick Anderson. That, that is inexcusable in that spot. And that lost the Rays the World Series. And it wasn't a one-move thing. I mean, Tyler Glass now being abysmal in the postseason and being abysmal this postseason because he only has two pitches. And in 2020, you can't be a two-pitch pitcher. And, and he's not good enough either. Neither one of those two pitchers are good enough to be a two-pitch pitcher. You, you just can't have that happen. He was atrocious in the postseason. That loses you the series when one of your three starters suck. But that move right there really cost him. It did. And I don't know why on earth you would go to Nick Anderson. I just don't. Third time through the order for Snell, I get it. You know, he's a bit of a head case, I get it. But if you pull him, 
you've got to then commit to the analytics. You can't do half in, half out. The analytics tell you, bullpenning tells you, you go to your best reliever in that spot. If you're in, if you're in on analytics, you no longer have a closer. You don't believe in a closer. You no longer have an eighth inning guy. You don't believe in an eighth inning guy. You have great pitchers that you trust in high leverage situations. Nick Anderson is not one of those guys. So don't blame analytics. Blame the guy who was calling the shots. Blame the guy who didn't understand the analytics. A better manager there, even taking out Snell, navigates those waters a hell of a lot better. It is embarrassing what Kevin Cash did, but do not hold that against analytics. Because this is the first time we've really seen analytics fail on the the grand stage. We've seen the traditional mindset fail over and over and over and over again. And I will argue again that the analytics did not fail. What failed is Kevin Cash. Because if you actually committed to the stats and committed to going th- doing things based off of computers, everyone likes to say, then it tells you, the, the script tells you, you go to your quote-unquote closer in that spot right there. Embarrassing what Tampa Bay did last night. Embarrassing what Kevin Cash did last night. Embarrassing, as we talked about yesterday, what baseball did last night. But what's not embarrassing is going to rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts for 20 years. That's right, 20 years ago. You probably had dial-up internet. What were you even doing with your life 20 years ago? You know, you, you just every time your phone would ring, all of a sudden your internet would stop. That must have been a mess, huh? I mean, what's up with that? But you could have been going to RockAuto.com in between those landline phone calls and getting all the best auto parts that your car could ever need. My favorite part about RockAuto.com is that I know nothing about cars. And I don't have to. All I have to do is go to their very easy-to-navigate website, put in my make, my model, my year of my vehicle, and they're going to show me car parts that are compatible only with my vehicle. That way, I'm not wasting money on parts I don't need because otherwise, I would have no idea how to find the parts my car can, can use and are compatible with my vehicle. I'd be wasting so much money. So don't waste money. Go to rockauto.com and tell them Lockdown sent you in the How Did You Hear About Us box. They'll know what to do from there. RockAuto.com, amazing selection, reliable little prices of the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com, tell them Lockdown sent you in the How Did You Hear About Us box. And we're back on the Lockdown Royals podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host on the stage. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. So the off season gets underway today and it moves forward. We're in the five day quiet period where it's, it's basically what the NFL has. I mean, you can only talk to your free agents and try to work with them and resign them. And for the Royals, that's Greg Holland. That's Ian Kennedy. That's Matt Harvey. And I would expect only Greg Holland to be a legitimate contender for a new contract and to be re-signed. I mean, I guess if if Ian Kennedy loves Kansas City enough uh, to take a crappy deal, then sure. But Kansas City's not shelling out any sort of significant money to either of these three guys. Uh, and, and I say Greg Holland because Greg Holland, you know, y- you've 
kind of major bones in Kansas City, so maybe he wants to retire a Royal, and he's fine just sticking out a couple years uh, to end his career on a losing team. Uh, but Ian Kennedy does not have that sort of attachment to this organization, so if he's going to have a crappy deal anyway, you might as well go to a contender and try to win a championship, I would assume. Uh, but either way, these three guys are not netting back a significant contract from Kansas City. They'll have this five-day quiet period, uh, and then I believe they can start talking to other free agents around baseball. The stove will begin to heat up. I, you know, I, And I'm not even sure when to project free agents to fly off the board uh, because I don't think that we're going to get a winter meetings. I mean, I think with COVID and everything, I don't think we're going to get a winter meetings this year. And so if, if that's the case, that kind of changes your timeline of, of when to expect these guys to fly off the board. Uh, for Kansas City, you're really looking, as always, at the Rule, fly, at the Rule 5 draft coming up. You know, trying to maybe improve your team that way. You're looking at that. You're looking at re-signing guys or taking flyers on reclamation projects. And we can dive into those reclamation projects coming up in future episodes and try to figure out who would be good for Kansas City. Uh, the direction of this team, you know, really matters. I do think that this year will be like 2013 where you want to be competitive, uh, but you're not going to go to the postseason. You're not going to win anything, but you do want to be competitive. And then you start the next couple of years after that trying to contend, trying to make the postseason. And again, in, in baseball, you don't need to go for a World Series necessarily. You just need to go to, for the postseason because once you get in the postseason, anything's possible, and, and you just never know the way uh, the ball will bounce. But the Kansas City area could be getting an NBA team, and, and expansion in the NBA has been rumored for a long time, and, and we know that Seattle is going to get one of those two teams and that, and that the NBA wants to expand with two teams. And if Seattle gets a team, to me, that takes away the Las Vegas market, so that takes away a big market for the professional sports, uh, and then it leaves Kansas City in prime position to get an NBA team, and right now, the government in Kansas City is putting out all these letters and everything to, to kind of persuade the Raptors uh, to make their home in Kansas City due to COVID. And if next season's going to start on Christmas Day, you know we're still going to have limited travel here to Canada. So we can't have a team in Canada, just like the Blue Jays couldn't play in Canada. And so they could be coming to Kansas City. And to me, this is kind of foreshadowing the same thing Oklahoma City had. Oklahoma City got the Hornets due to Hurricane Katrina and already having the Ford Center built. They got the Hornets and got the home the Hornets. And, and, the, and the city supported them. Uh, you know, the city rallied around them and made them feel comfortable and gave them a home field, home court advantage, gave them all of that, all those things and, and, and proved to the league that they could support an NBA team. And then Clay Bennett steps up, buys the, buys the Sonics and moves them to Oklahoma City. I think that Kansas City could duplicate that in a way and support the Raptors. And all of a sudden, when the league starts to expand, if you can, if you can find that millionaire owner, they can have a team awarded to Kansas City when the league expands. When is expansion going to happen? With COVID, who knows? I mean, who who really knows? I will say that the two big markets that have been rumored, Kansas City and Seattle, already have stadiums. So you don't have to convince taxpayers to build you a stadium. You just can kind of move in and get started. That's a big plus for the NBA wanting to expand. Whereas with baseball, you know, if you want to expand to Nashville, you want to expand to, you know, Montreal, you want to expand to any of these places, you need a new, a whole new ballpark, a whole new stadium. That's a bit of a tougher sell. So you look at this big picture, this move of the Raptors to Kansas City could be a big deal. So keep an eye on that in the coming weeks as we wait out the end of this week to kind of get all the details of when the NBA will return. But be good, be good to one another. We'll see you tomorrow on Locked on Royals.